I just want to be the best person I can because I'm always asking this question, which if you're a leader and for anyone listening, you are, which is this question. Where am I leading people to? We stand today. The Business Method with a shout out. The Business Method. The Business Method Podcast. The Business Method Podcast featuring Chris Reynolds. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, welcome to the Business Method Podcast, where we examine the different methods, tools, and tactics of high-performance online entrepreneurs and high-caliber people in a series format. Our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs in 100 days that had built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we are interviewing 100 entrepreneurs that have built location-independent businesses that generate a million dollars or more in annual revenue. There's a growing movement of people building these caliber of businesses and we wanted to get behind the minds, the logic, and the science of what it takes to build a business like this. We've had some incredible guests like Bobby Edwards, the founder of Squatty Potty, who built a $35 million per year company with just 17 employees, and JP Sears, the YouTube superstar whose videos are going viral all over the internet. I'm your host, Chris Reynolds, and we hope you enjoy the show. The Business Method. Simon Level is joining us today on the podcast. I was recently introduced to Simon by a friend and guest of our show, Brad Hart. Simon is the founder of Fitpreneurs.com and the host and founder of the Simon Level Show. He recently wrote a powerful Facebook post that was turned into a blog article talking about the difference between $5,000 a month habits versus $100,000 a month habits. He also shares about how he went from being bullied in debt using alcohol and drugs to creating a million dollars in 18 months. And without further ado, let's hop into the show. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. And Simon, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you today? I'm doing great. Fantastic. And you're calling in from beautiful San Diego, is that right? Carmel Valley in San Diego. But you're originally from the UK, is, is that correct? Yeah, from Exeter and then moved to Bath and Bristol area. So before I took the long flight, I've actually never been back since. So. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been in the U.S. then? Two and a half years. I'm due to go back for a friend's wedding, so I'll be heading back uh, in a couple of months. What made you pick San Diego? Just curious. Uh, my friend AJ, um, AJ Roberts, uh, took me around La Jolla and as soon as I was going around and seeing the beaches and just, you know, the warmth <laughs> of, uh, San Diego, I was, I was just, I was just kind of hooked. It beats uh, the British weather yet. Oh, absolutely. Apparently there's a lot of snow there right now. Yeah. Cool. Well, Simon, we're really happy to have you on the show and I'm excited about some of the topics that we're going to dive into today. We'll talk a bit. Uh, we'll have you share your story, your past, kind of how you became the entrepreneur that you are today. You recently wrote a really cool post that I noticed on Facebook, and I was like, oh, we got to talk about that on the show. But let's start off with you. Like, I, I know a bit about you, uh, but I'd love for you to share kind of your backstory with the listeners so they can get an idea of who we've got on the mic. Yeah, so basically I was born in the UK and um, I went through a bit of a, a rough childhood before I really started to grow, you know, my business, which went from zero to a million in 18 months. And, you know, I guess it really started when I was, you know, 13 and I was bu bullied heavily 
at school, I had this scenario where I basically walked past this guy in the showers. And in that moment, he said I touched him inappropriately, which I didn't, and basically called me gay from the age of 13 to 16. And that was a key developmental age. And I think a, a lot of entrepreneurs have gone through some kind of bullying or some kind of pain, which helps them kind of get to the next level. So I was always wanting to fight back at the bullies. And I would then be creating my fanzine and, and really, you know, just hiding myself away from what the normal kids used to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where really my entrepreneurial side started but what i didn't realize later on was is that looking back i had a lot of really low self-confidence issues and actually understanding more about you know when we're when we're very creative um we can actually be very sensitive and if we have events that happen when we're young that can really affect us and how we go into society and, and you know things like loneliness so from my early years, you know, I was really struggling and um, I actually became a personal trainer. I had I'd lost my girlfriend, my house and and everything. And then I found myself with my parents and they were like, son, what do you want to do with your life? And <laughs> I love training in the gym. I love training in the gym. And so um, they sent me to Cyprus, lent me the money. And I came back and I was, you know, a personal trainer. I got lots of clients in my first week and then started to, um, you know, make more money and started to get into things like internet marketing. And I produced a 13 page ebook uh, called The Lunchbox Diet, which got uh, picked up by HarperCollins. And I got a, a six figure book deal with HarperCollins. Um, but at the same time, I was living a double life. I was um, training my clients to be healthy. But by the weekends, I was taking drugs, I was gambling, I'd racked up like $50,000 of debt. Um, but I wasn't aware of it. I didn't have the self-awareness. I was just, I thought that this was normal behavior. Um, and I know that a lot of entrepreneurs go through that kind of, you know, double life. It's like they, they, they want something, but they're being some, someone else. And for me, it just, I hit rock bottom. It was basically Christmas one day. I was meant to be at my, um, sister's house, uh, sister's house for Christmas, uh, dinner. It was eight o'clock in the morning. I looked in the mirror my eyes were bulging. I, my face was sweating. I'd been taking drugs the night before as a DJ. And, um, you know, I walked into, um, her home that day and I walked straight upstairs, got into my nephew's bed and just fell asleep. The kids were downstairs. They wanted uncle Simon to be playing with them. And I was just, you know, still, high on drugs and I left that day ashamed of myself and really that started a a turning point for me of enough was enough I had this massive calling inside of like dude what are you doing and um, I got this opportunity to move and I packed my bags I moved out of the area that I was living in to remove the triggers and the toxicity that was around me and that was where I started to change my environment, change the people that I was around. Instead of having putting money on credit cards for entertainment and, and holidays and all the stuff that was just not like an asset, I started to, I actually had $50,000 of debt and my, my mentor at the time was $30,000 for the year and I only had $5,000 to, to make the first payment. But that meant that I went all in. And that's where I started to, yes, learn about sales and marketing, but really what it did was it, it helped to boost my confidence. And that was what happened over time and the more I invested in myself in myself not just the business I took 20% of what I made and reinvested into me you know I hired people like Tony Robbins I went and you know spent time with Richard Branson on his private island I I worked on like me and the business and and that's where things started to catapult the more I peeled the back the layers and removed my fears and started to tap into the true Simon that's where everything started to shift 
That's incredible. Uh, so the few things that you mentioned that I want to revisit. First thing is the experience you had living a double life. <clears throat> and I think a lot of people, uh, entrepreneurs and non-entrepreneurs, live that consciously and unconsciously. And right. I'm curious for the listeners out there, what are some ways that you recognized or other people can recognize if they're really living a double life and mm. some steps to move right. out of that? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, anxiety is going to be one of them. Um, there's, a, there's a quote uh, from, from Jim Carrey, which is, depressed is the need for deep rest from the character that we've been playing in the world. And actually, Jim's story of his um, evolution through to enlightenment is around, you know, he says that I, I got everything so that I, I realized that that's not what mattered you know and so for me there was just a lot of anxiety when i would go out to social events just not this feeling like uneasy and needing to drink um and so actually what happened was was that i was i was i had social anxiety i was going to events i wanted to be there but i really i i kind of ha i didn't want to be there because of how i felt and so what i used to do was i used to drink and i actually got invited to a party and i I woke up the next morning and what I noticed was, was that I was drinking to fit in. You know, it was like a habit. Like if I do this, then I'm going to fit in. But it was a double edged sword because if I, I couldn't win because if I was at the event, I would have anxiety. Okay. And then if I drank, then I wasn't being myself. Right. And so I found I, I had to cut out alcohol. And as soon as I noticed that pattern and I had the self-awareness, then everything started to shift and I started to get the fun back in my life and started to do the things that I was like a kid. But that came from daily meditation. It came from meditation, which then you know, drops you in and grounds you and helps you to become more self-aware. But it's about consistency. And I noticed that a lot of entrepreneurs, what they do is they forget the mindset piece. They forget the self-care piece. They, they're not aware of like those, the, those feelings that are happening and it's habitual. It's a normal habit. But the more that you work on your mind and like your, your self-awareness, and I call it about, I call it reducing the self-awareness gap. Like sometimes you'll say something which is off to someone and you might be angry and that's okay. You know, that's, that's okay. But you might see it in like a few months and go, well, I was a, an idiot, right? Well, right. self-awareness, what it does is it helps you to, to see that in moments or like an hour and, and shorter period of time. So the more that you work on yourself and your mindset, the more that you start to reduce the self-awareness gap and then you start to remove these certain things. So I started to go to improv and have singing lessons, all of these things which were scary, but by doing them once, they would get me completely outside of my comfort zone and especially with things with, like improv, which is comedy. When you're doing something completely ridiculous in front of a group of people, you tend not to give a crap about what people think outside of improv. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you're getting back to who you truly are. So my goal and one of my missions is to really help entrepreneurs like get back to who they truly are so that they can voice their opinions, you know, especially givers and people who are givers. They, 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 can't, they, they don't have the ability to set, say no and set boundaries and they make, they make a lot of emotional-based decisions or they're afraid to put themselves out there you know, on social media because of the worry what people will think. So all of these things, fear, fear of judgment, fear of um, success, worrying what people think, being lonely, it's all around this not being who we truly are. That makes perfect sense. I, I want to ask you about 
going through the process of changing your environment. I went through a similar experience where <clears throat> I kind of I 80/20 my friends but also my social group at a point in time in my life was also similar to you, a group that we bonded through drinking and partying and that sort of thing. That process of removing myself from that environment to a more healthy, conscious, more personal development, entrepreneurial focus type of group was really challenging because I had some people that I considered like brothers and to not to be rejected by them and to not be accepted by them was was difficult. So I'd like to learn more about that experience for you and maybe some little steps or tiny little tips that you could recommend to people that need to or want to or are going through that changing of environment, social environments. Yeah, well, I had a few different changes of environment. The one big one that I made was the one that I was talking about, which was, you know, I was living in this area and I was taking drugs all the time and I had the awareness to say, well, you know, if I don't change my environment and change the people I around, then I, the triggers are too strong for me. Like it would get to a Friday night and I would know that I would go and see that dealer and I would go and get those drugs. Right. So I knew that if I didn't change my environment, I wasn't strong enough at that time to not take that temptation. And so I was out of alignment. I was wanting to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to make a million dollars, but this environment I was in wasn't supporting me. So I had to make an uncomfortable decision. I had to go and, and make that change. The next one um, and that was huge for me, that change of environment. And then there's a couple others I want to share. The next one was moving from the UK to the United States. So I was sat in Wales and I was like, I'm not happy with where I'm living in my environment. I'm just kind of bored. And I knew I wanted to move to America, but I had these two stories. One was that I wouldn't be able to get a visa. And the other one was I would have to drive on the other side of the road. And that would be like really terrible or some <laughs> BS, right? And so it was literally two stories that were stopping me. And so we have to, again, have the self-awareness to go, what, when, when we, when we reach a plateau, and this could be in weight loss, it can be in your financial, you know, block. You want you're in doing you're doing 10k a month, and you want to get to to 20, or you're doing 50k a month, and you want to get to 100. By the way, I had a, an increase in 60,000 a month to 100,000 a month in one month, which which came from removing the fear of what other people thought of me, and then I just went all out and took massive action, which goes to speak a lot for how fears can hold you back. But um, I basically I was sat in Wales, and I was like. I, t I turned a dream of moving to America into a decision, you know, yeah. and um, and as soon as I made the decision of I am moving to America, not it's a dream, everything started to shift because I went and found the, the lawyer. I made the commitment. I started to put into place the steps. And I think that that small shift of making that decision is so key. Now, I moved to America and I moved to La Jolla, which is a beautiful area. I was in an amazing place. I was with a girlfriend at the time, but she we broke up and she moved out. And what I found was I had grown so much as a person that this house, this this place that I was living didn't start didn't feel right. And actually I wanted to move into a different area of San Diego, which is more spiritual, which is more evolved, which is a different crowd of people. And again, it's 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 being in tune with your body and recognizing something doesn't feel right. And I know that some people listening, maybe you're in a relationship and it doesn't feel right, or maybe you're in a business partnership and it something doesn't feel right, and you've got this constant voice that keeps on coming to you. You can't ignore that because it's your intuition it's it's your guidance system and and that's about again having the awareness to go what is my head brain what's the the, the monkey brain saying versus what am i being called to do oh, i love that 
Now, you also mentioned one other thing that I want to examine a little bit more. You say you reinvest into your uh, 20% of what you earn into yourself. And I've heard of people doing 5 and 10%. I don't think I've ever heard of anybody investing 20%. I'm just kind of curious why you came up with that number and some of maybe the reinvestments into yourself that you, you've you done in yeah. the past. Because at the time I was, I, you know, I had had these habits, you know, the drinking, the smoking, the gambling, all of these things. And I started to make a lot of money. You know, I, I was, I did, you know, my income went up so much. And I, I said to myself, I was like, if I'm starting to make this money now and I've still got these habits, I'm going to really screw myself. <laughs> and so the reason, so for, so for the reason for the increase was, well, uh, there's some things I really wanted to do. I wanted to work with Tony as close as I could. So I invested in the the platinum program, which is with trip costs works out to be about $150,000 for the year. Um, so I had to go all in with that. And then I went to Peru and did like plant medicines and I traveled the world and went to India and like I, I immersed myself. But what happened with that was I started to become a better person. You know, I started to not have the fears and not have the anxiety. And, you know, it's a constant journey. If I'm if I was to say I'm perfect now, I'd be lying uh, because everyone's got stuff that they need to work on. But I picked that because of where I was in my life. Now, is it the same now? No, because I've dealt with a lot of those things, but I still invest a lot in my in myself. In fact, I'm going to something, you know, in, in a few weeks time and I continue to drop five or 10 K or, you know, uh, you know, a decent um, a chunk of what I'm making into me because I just want to be the best person I can because I'm always asking this question, which if you're a leader and for anyone listening, you are, you know, because I think we're all leaders in certain respect, which is this question. Where am I leading people to? See, if we're leaders and we're guiding people, and many of the people listening have a following, they have people that, are, that, they're, that they're, um, they're attracting, it's like, I need to be the best leader I can be and always ask that question, where am I leading people to? Am I leading someone here just like, well, it's all about the money? No, I've evolved through that. You know, so I like our mission changes as we change, as we grow as individuals and our business changes, you know, we, we update it, we make it different. We start to teach mindset because we know that that's such, such an important thing. But if you're static as an entrepreneur personally, then your, your business is not going to evolve. You can't, you can't have, you got, you, the, the two have to be growing together, you know? Yeah. So, and, and here's the thing, people are going to invest in you, especially if you're in a client-based business where you're attracting people and not just a product. People want to know that that person is growing, but it doesn't, no one wants to follow someone that's not. And so the more that you can be yourself, the more that you can share the journey that you've had up until now and the journey that you're going on, people are going to see, my God, this is someone who's, who's growing. Well, their program is great, but actually I just want to invest in them because you know what? I look up to them. That's where I want to be. I love the way you put that. So now you've got a couple really cool things going on. You have Fitpreneurs, which is a really cool website, high-performance business coaching, and then you're also running the show, Simon Level Show. Tell us a bit about Fitpreneurs and then also your podcast. So Fitpreneurs is a global educator for, uh, for personal trainers, nutrition experts, and, and those who want to grow their business, but also themselves in, the, in that space, in the fitness space. So obviously, I spent a lot, a lot of time as a personal trainer, and I know the challenges that, the, that a lot of that industry goes through in terms of sales, marketing, low self-worth, um, you know, all of those things. So we're a combined company that helps uh, with both the business and the, the psychology side. 
Um, and, you know, I talk about true transformation, which is fitness, nutrition and mindset. And oftentimes it's it's done the wrong, wrong way around, which is just focusing on the fitness first, like lifting weights and then nutrition second and then mindset, like maybe like one percent of it we need to flip that on its head it needs to be mindset first because all habits uh, come from the brain you know in terms of what we eat and how hard we train comes from the mind and whether we're consistent and the thoughts that we have and the belief system that we create from that and the ultimately the identity that we have as a person is created from the mind so it's my goal to create true transformation you know when when you uh, haven't spoken to your father in X amount of years, and now you have a relationship. That's transformation. That's true transformation. When you've when you've ended a bad relationship, which is being codependent and and, ha- and have toxicity in your life, that's true transformation. You know. Yeah. So that's my goal with with Fitpreneurs. And then on the Simon Lovell show, it's about my journey. It's about the people that I've met along the way and everything that's happening right now with me. You know. So I just want to bring on people who have had an impact on my life, but also the things that I'm doing now to change as a person, as a man, to become a better person and it's just really my channel of all of the creativity that i have because i'm i'm a i'm a creative right that's that's i love to come up with ideas and put out content and um and so the show is uh is that piece uh also focusing on like personal branding helping people to build a personal brand which i think is so important in this day and age what i found was actually which people listening may find interesting which was i run fitpreneurs but then I had had I did have a brand a year ago, but I did nothing with it. And the reason was it because it wasn't aligned with me. And so when you build a brand, which is not just about a nice website, which is like the right pictures and the right message and your story and everything connects and fits together, what you'll find is like you start to come out and having a personal brand in 2018 is so key in parallel, I think, to the business that you have too, because it's a, it's the channel of your creativity. It's you as that person. Going back to what I was saying earlier, you can be yourself you know, and so I think that's uh, really important. Do you ever feel like, like I'm, I'm kind of torn between this sometimes. You have your business and then a personal brand, and, and do you ever mm. feel torn between the two, like you're running two businesses and you don't know which one to put as much energy towards towards at one time, or did you build the business up first and then move to personal branding, or how'd that work out for you? So I built my personal brand in the UK first, and that uh, then I built Fitpreneurs, and so I lent the credibility of myself to Fitpreneurs. And then, as I built Fitpreneurs, when I moved to the states, then I started to build my personal brand in the states. So I think that it complements your 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 business. You know, it, it can add credibility to that. But you know, you look at any influencer. You look at Gary Vee. Look at uh, Brendan. You look at you know Lewis Howes. You get any of these influencers out there. You know, they have their personal brand, which supports the businesses, the opportunities, the relationships, which fall ben- ben- beneath the personal brand. So I think it's absolutely critical. And if you don't have your .com, go get it. You know, I, I didn't have simonlovell.com. And I went and found someone was using that site that wasn't even a Simon who just bought it for some like web, you know, uh, SEO or something because it had high, like a high, you know, maybe the, the domain was like 10 years old or something. And I bought it for like 750 bucks. Maybe you can talk a bit about this, but I love the the quality that you put into your personal brand and the website. Mm. Everything is just super, super, super high quality and perfected. And obviously that's the image that you're projecting when you do a personal brand. But any suggestions or tips for somebody that is creating a personal brand and and a website and the Mm. thoughts that go through your mind and making sure that communicates the right image? 
Yes. So there are certain, and I, I work with people on this to, to help cultivate a really badass personal brand, because here's the thing, it's got to be all aligned. It's not, again, it's not just about a nice logo or nice, uh, you know, nice pictures. There's, there's, there's ultimately a lot of things going on when you go to simonlovell.com and you should check it out on mobile and on desktop because the experiences are very different. That's another thing too. These days with like over 50% of the traffic being on mobile, you've got to make sure that the site feels correct right on mobile. So here's what I'm going to say about a personal brand. Number one, okay, first focus is you got to get into alignment personally. And that comes to your mindset. That, and also that comes from building your story. Create a timeline of your life and then find out what are your key turning points of your journey. What is your signature story? You know, I work closely with the person that runs uh, TEDx in San Diego. And, you know, uh, you know, he talks about this. And this is where things are moving more towards now, which is storytelling, especially with the Facebook changes which are happening recently. Mark Zuckerberg wants people to spend quality time on Facebook. And a lot of um, what's going to start to shift, what you'll start to notice, is the amount of storytelling that needs to happen for people to build their businesses. So you've got to get your story down. You've got to find out like, who am I? What is my mission? What am I here to do? And sometimes we need that pulled out of us. So we've got to get that fundamental story down. Because again, if you're putting out something which is not you, you won't use your personal brand. You won't blog off it. You don't, won't do content because you won't like it. Okay. So you've got the core story. Then you've got to find like the right, I don't like to use the word logo because it, it, instigates like to me a little bit low quality so you got to like find the brand image the right branding colors you've got to find someone which is something which matches you um and then build that and then you've got to get badass photography you've got to find and here's a challenge i think that a lot of entrepreneurs have they have a lens like they put on glasses that they think something's good but it's not and that's not <laughs> the fault of the entrepreneur it's the fact that if you think that something looks good but actually you know an expert could say well honestly like those photos are just not high quality you have to find the talent for example if i'm working with my mastermind clients i'll have them send me five or ten portfolios and i'm going to look at those and i'm going to see is that up to a ferrari standard because in marketing you've got to go and like i would look at multiple personal brands and i would make sure that all of my stuff was a higher quality it was tighter that the the, the photo the, the hero image represents me and who i am right now so the photo element is absolutely critical to that and making sure that you've got something which really you know feels into you and then you've got video and making sure that the video that you use is in alignment with who you are too. Now, people have a challenge with presenting on camera. So that's another skill that we need to develop. But um, build, building a personal brand in 2018 is not just about one component, it's multiple things. But if you look at the top influencers, they all, all have a book, they all have events, they have badass photography, they, um, they all use video really well. But here's the thing, if you don't feel good enough to have any of that, you're not going to build a personal brand. If there's something within you that says, well, I am here and I cannot build this because I'm not good enough, then you're not even going to look at any of this. You're going to self-sabotage it. Oh, wow. it's a good point. Okay, so recently you wrote a Facebook post, which then turned into a blog post that I really enjoy reading. It's, it's called The $5,000 Per Month Habits Versus $100,000 mm -hmm. Per Month Habits That Helped Me Turn My Life Around. And it's not too long. Do you mind if I read it real quick? Sure. $5,000 a month, party all weekend, yay, hangover, $100,000 per month, work on products, learning, marketing, going to events, $5,000 per month, website, 
Fiddling? Is that a British word? Fiddling? Yeah. You're messing around. Yeah. Just messing around with your website. Yeah. Installing new plugins, buying internet marketing products, optimizing my website, $100,000 per month, adding value, producing content, then producing more content, then producing more content. I like that. $5,000 per month, moaning about my situation, dragging everybody down and whining like a little bitch. $100,000 per month, taking responsibility, investing in myself, and hearing a hard truth from my mentors. $5,000 per month, putting clothes, toys, and nights out on my credit card. $100,000 per month, dropping five, ten, twenty-five thousand dollars $25,000 in investments and cash because I cleared my credit card debt. $5,000 per month, living in fear, listening to the toxicity around me. $100,000 per month, focusing on my strengths and building my confidence, meditating daily. $5,000 dollars per month daily television watching a hundred thousand dollars per month daily reading five thousand a month taking a month to make my decisions hundred thousand dollars per month making my decisions in less than 30 seconds i want to talk about that one five thousand dollars per month worrying what will happen if i fall if i fail and people don't like what i put out there hundred thousand dollars per month worrying what will happen if i don't put myself out there to the people that need me $5,000 per month selling an ebook that I didn't even write. $100,000 per month releasing my second self-published book. And $5,000 per month um, selling things for $550 and $100. $100,000 per month selling things for $5,000, $10,000, $30,000, $50,000. And it goes on and on. There's a few more, but we got most of them. Um, mm. This is awesome. I love this because... I love, well, I love that you just put it out there on Facebook and I believe the feed got some really good feedback and that's why you turned it into a blog, but it just, I don't think people really understand how much the mentality is different, but also how easy relatively it is to change that mentality. I'm going to, um, be a hypocrite of myself here real quick, but also it can be very difficult to, to get to that point where you can change those mentalities easily depending on what it is, mm -hmm. but it is mm -hmm. also very small. So tell us, why did you, why did you write it? Why'd you put it on Facebook and um, what's your thoughts behind that? Yeah. So I actually just woke up in one morning, I was in bed and I just came up with this, like, where was I versus where I am now? And again, going back, I'm just sharing the truth. You know, it's such an easy place to write because it's the reality. So all I did was just went back to me back then when I was taking the drugs and doing all this stuff. And I was like, what was I doing back then? What were the habits that I had versus what I do now? But here's the thing, because I know where I was in that place. Okay. And, I'm, and for some people, they, they may be in a similar place or, you know, just have certain habits that aren't supporting them. And it's really difficult when you're there to get and understand like how to shift to those numbers. I know that there's, there's, there's some people listening right now, which is like, I can't even contem contemplate that by like doing those bigger numbers and do, most of all doing it consistently. Right. And this is what I'm going to say. I invested in all these products and I was, I was, you know, spending money on courses and, you know, buying, you know, reading blogs. And I was like, I've got all the information. Why is none of it working? Why, when I'm going to these events and I'm watching these webinars, I'm doing this, why am I still where I, where I am? And the, and, and again, I can only share what I did. I, I didn't shift until I hired a mentor. That's it. I didn't shift because and here's what I'm going to share, which most people don't understand. When you hire the right mentor, it's not what they're necessarily teaching you in terms of strategy, because with the wrong mindset, the strategy won't work. The difference is with the right mentor. It's the energetical exchange between you. 
right? So when you're working with a mentor that's been there and done it, his, the, the, how he says things, his energy, like you're picking up on that. And so what, you're, what a good mentor or coach is going to do is help to build your confidence because it's your self-worth and your beliefs around money that are going to determine how much you make. And so if it, and I'll give, give an example of this. Let's take a personal trainer. They're earning a certain amount a month, okay, but they're never increasing their income. They're always earning, say, 2500 a month, and they never move beyond that, okay? There's a few reasons why that's happening, okay? And, but the biggest reason of all is, is you'll notice that when a client drops off, they replace it right? So a client drops off and suddenly the body goes into reaction of now I've got less money. I'm not going to be able to pay the bills. Um, I'm, I'm uh, not going to be able to put gas in my car. Now I need to move into action to make the money to bring myself back into, uh, into the thermostat setting of how much I'm making a month, which is my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So if you look at that and you go, well, if I move into action only when I lose a client, then why am I not going into the level of action to make money to th thrive, not to survive. Now, most people sit in, th in survival and they'll only calibrate themselves into what they need to make, which is their own belief system and self-worth. When you work on your mindset, when you work on your beliefs and you build your confidence and you start to get in full alignment with your mission and in Think and Grow Rich, there's that, there's that phrase, phrase, which is intensity of desire. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you read Think and Grow Rich, there's that phrase, intensity of desire. You have to have that desire. So I wanted to move to America. I wanted to make a million dollars. I wanted to serve and, and help people, but I was committed to it. And so the truth of it is people aren't committed enough. They're not disciplined enough. They don't want to work on their mindset. They say that they want to be somewhere, but their actions don't reflect that. And that's why you have to have a mentor or a coach or someone to guide you that's going to call you out on your BS in a loving way that gets you to move. Because when someone says something to you, which is powerful, it's direct and it's loving, but it's, it's no BS and it's a kick up the ass. It's going to shift your energy into a level of action that you wouldn't normally take. Now I talk about this thing, which is called the Michael Jackson smooth criminal in smooth criminal in smooth criminal. Michael leans in. Okay. So yeah. he's leaning in with, with the move. Right now what happens, what happens is a lot of people, they'll, they'll, they'll want to, you know, get help or get coaching, but they'll be leaning back and they'll step in. Now, what will happen is you might force them to, to, to come into a program, but they'll jump out again because they're leaning back. You want, you can't motivate someone. I can't motivate someone. They've got to be self-motivated. So the leaning in is going, yes, I'm shit scared and I've got resistance, but go give me the things that I need to do and I'll move. That's the type of person that's going to, going to move forward because they want it badly, but they just need direction. They need to be course corrected. They need to be adjusted. And that's where I was at. I was like, I want it. I want it so badly, but things aren't working for me. And then I was course corrected. I was already in a slipstream of my own energy and motivation. And what my mentors and coaches have done is just speed that up. Does that make sense? So it's, it's very important that people understand how this actually works mentally, because otherwise you can't get that momentum that gets you to quote unquote, the next level, which is such a overused, overused phrase that actually is so, so important when it comes to creating our compelling future. See, we can either hit rock bottom and then we hit rock bottom and that gets us to move into action or we don't have to go there. We can create a massive compelling future of where we want to be, commit to it and then get the help for, to uh, catapult ourselves there. So when you're making decisions, $5,000 per month, taking a month to make decisions, $100,000 a month, making decisions in less than 30 seconds. What's your thought process 
that you go through? Actually, what? how do you develop the thought process to make decisions so rapidly? And what's the thought process when making those decisions? That's a great question. So I used to be in the, in the mindset of, you know, I'm just go back and forth and back and forth. And the, the reason I make faster decisions now is I know that if I make the decision now, I can course correct along the way and I can find out faster whether it's going to work or not. When we're in indecision, Okay, and we're going back and forth and not not taking that action. We can't find out what the result is going to be. So I'd rather go head into something and move forward and then course correct than not make a decision and be leaving it in you know a month, three months, and uh, be idle because it's it's all of the idle time that we have in our lives that stop us from moving forward. We have a snail's pace or we have speed. Now, of course, I've over time I've I've trained that skill in terms of like you know, using my intuition and being able to like feel into what feels good and what, for, what doesn't, but that takes time and it takes, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of failures. So I guess what I'm saying is, is that I use like my inner guidance system on, on, uh, on how I make those decisions now versus what I did before. And also if you're, if you're taking too long to make decisions, a lot of it is fear-based. You're focusing on everything that's going to go wrong instead of looking at the opportunity, which again comes down to your, your mindset. It's fascinating. Simon, I think we're going to wrap up there. Is there any other tidbits of wisdom that you'd like to share with the listeners before we sign off? Um, I would just say uh, grab a piece of paper and a pen, uh, draw a line down the middle on the left side, and actually like do the exercise because, of course, otherwise it's just uh, stimulation from a podcast and not taking it into action. So that's another mistake I think a lot of people make, maybe listening to something but not taking an action. So I like to listen to something and then create an action step list. So grab a piece of paper and a pen, draw a line down the middle. On the left column, write down you know all of the fears that you have and all of the, th- the excuses that you have and the things that are holding you back. And then on the other side of it, write down the flip opposite. So what is the actual reality? Because on the left side, uh, typically what comes after a but, you know, it's like, but I can't do this because, which is just normally an excuse. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other side, put down all of the opposites. And then after that, you can actually do another column, which is why it's going to be really important for you to follow through on that. And what you can do by just writing those things down, you can start to notice the habits that you have. Yeah, absolutely. I actually did that exercise this past weekend at uh, Digital Detox Camp, and uh, it was an awesome exercise. If the listeners want to reach out to you, learn more about what you have going on, where's the best place they can do that at? Uh, Head to simonlovell.com. Check out the first episode, the very first episode of The Simon Lovell Show, and that's going to really help uh, the listeners understand my my story. And then, um, you know, reach out on social, uh, Facebook or uh, Simon at simonlovell.com, but typically I am on the social channels. Yeah, and we'll put a link to that first podcast and also a link to the blog post, 5000 and $100,000 Mentalities. Simon, I want to give you a huge thank you so much for coming on to the show, my friend. Thank you for giving us your tips and your tricks and all your wisdom. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And listeners, we're going to sign off there. Thank you guys for joining us once again, and we'll see you all on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. 
Hey listeners, thanks again for joining the show. We wanted to remind you about our Get Shit Done one-on-one productivity coaching that we recently just launched. What we do is work with you to create big business goals that are absolutely game changers. We make a plan together and put you in our productivity hacking system that helps you stay on target. Each week you get a call with yours truly about what steps to take for the following week. Some say it's like a year of productivity in just three months. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com forward slash coaching. Thebusinessmethod.com forward slash coaching.